Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. We are back for episode 16 of Inside the Monster presented by Odyssey. That to my right. Up here in the EEI booth at Fenway is Joey Capone. I am Steve Peralt. The Boston Red Sox have won a game on our recording day. Woo! This is a big day. It's a miracle. I can't believe it, dude. It's a Christmas miracle. So we were talking before we started recording here, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is... You know, a, a big win on a recording day. When how many series finale wins do they have this year? You said one. <laughs> I one. Didn't believe you, but it's true. The Detroit one was the only series finale win the Red Sox had all year. Until now, the Boston Red Sox are one and zero in their last one series finale. Hell yeah! I don't. I hardly remember the Detroit series. I remember it was cold. I remember JD hit a foul ball that was called a fair ball, and that's about it. Erod so, uh, gave up a good amount of runs, yeah. and they had to hold on in that series finale. They almost blew that one. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, I'm completely lying to everyone's face. They won the series finale against the Yankees. That's the only game they won in the first series. In the first series, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, okay, so there was two this there year. There were two. So the so last this is, one was still Detroit. There we go. So anyone keeping track at home, erase what we just said, and now put in three series finale three. wins. The Red Sox beat the Astros in game three. They take two out of three against the team, Joey, that had won 12 out of 13. Pretty damn good. Yeah. How are you, the immediate feelings after we saw this W here at Fenway Park tonight? Uh, far too confident. Far too confident. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about this feeling a lot where like the Sox will be up three. And I'm like, oh, like that's insurmountable. Of course, they're going to win this game. It's over. I'm getting that same feeling, but in a seer- or a season capacity, you know? Yeah, yeah. Of, well, they just beat the Astros. Of course, they're going to. Of course, they're going to continue this and go on a 12 game heater here. I will say this, Steve, just because we're talking about record, we're talking about immediate gut reactions. Mm. The first thing I did was check the 1996. Oh, yeah, no, it'd be um, like 96. we yeah. got to know, where are they at in comparison to 96? So uh, these boys of today are at 15 and 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a a game ahead. Okay. They, uh, 14 and 23? went 14 and 23. Okay. Yep, so they are a game ahead of the 1996 team, more than on pace. So props to this team. But more than that, Steve, my gut reaction to what just happened out there is, wow, this team can hang with a good team. Yeah, they can hang with a good team. That's probably my biggest takeaway is that the Red Sox, uh, Red Sox, the Astros were red hot mm-hmm. coming into the series. Red Sox take two out of three against Houston, but we got to start with Nick Pavetta. Yeah, that's that the, yeah. that was absolutely incredible Ooh. tonight. So in the press room, right? I know you you got here probably what second inning. I, believe. I got here in the third inning. In the third I inning? attempted to be here for batting practice, yeah. and I got here just about the <laughs> middle of the third. And it went a little bit differently. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm wrapping up some some Valentin stuff. Uh, a lot of great feedback on the John Valentin interview. I think that was one of the better ones we've had. Super, super pumped that we got to have him on the show. If you haven't listened to that yet, check it out. That was episode 15. Uh, but Nick Pavetta was just absolutely dealing. But what I'm saying is I'm, I'm, I'm out there. Right? I'm about to you know come out, try to watch the Sox hit in the first inning. And 
you just hear it's funny the reactions of the crowd when you're only going off of that and you're not mm-hmm. watching the actual game because mm-hmm. I'm hearing kind of weird groans. I'm like, what just happened? And then it was like, Jose Altuve, that's his third leadoff homer of the year. And I'm just thinking, this is this is not good. This is yeah. we're gonna have the same situation as game two. Obviously, we'll talk about Nathan Valdi. Uh and, and you're just thinking, okay, this might be a long night for Nick Pavetta, especially mm-hmm. after He's been really good. He had a good stretch going here, four or five starts now. Mm-hmm. And it's like leadoff home and Altuve. What's coming next? What was coming next, Joey? One <sighs> hit the rest of the entire game. This guy yeah. goes a complete game. First complete game by a Red Sox player at Fenway Park since Rick Porcello in 2018 against the Yankees. That four-game sweep they had as they went on to destroy everybody and win the World Series. And it felt like that long. It felt like that long ago. It absolutely did. And it's also the first – that's the first one at Fenway – or the first one since that Rick Porcello complete Rick Porcello, yeah. Porcello. Porcello. Uh, <laughs> you change one letter <laughs> and poor, it's really... Poor that poor fellow. Um, but the one, uh, the actual last complete game by a Red Sox pitcher was Chris Sale in 2019. So, yeah, I mean, in, it, in Kansas City. So it's still been yeah. three years. Yeah. It's still been three years since the complete game. One right. thing that, that stuck out to me amongst a lot from Nick Pavetta tonight mm. was how chilly was in the last two innings so he gets the last out in the seventh inning had given up a double that i think franchi probably should have caught in right this probably should have been a one hitter yeah i was gonna say that jose altuve home run basically was the only hit if i think if jackie's in right i don't think that's a ground rule double there from no i would fully agree and did he have so he had no walks so basically what we're trying to say (laughs) this was a perfect game basically nick pavetta threw a perfect game at fenway tonight. congratulations nick pavetta (laughs) i'm like you know when you're just hoping for a stat i'm like please say no walks please say no so nick pavetta throws the first perfect game at fenway like ever so that was absolutely incredible but now he gives up the double uh to brantley in the seventh inning and and then gets out of it and has a, a classic as we've come to know nick pavetta yell he had the scream, and it was just like, that's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. When he's cooking, he gives you the yell. I'll give him credit. Mm-hmm. He knows when to yell. Right, yeah, a good screamometer. He's a, he, his screamometer, like we've talked about, is very good. It's right. not like, I don't know, random Marcus Stroman. You know, it's not like him. And again, I, I bring up a different uh, example every time. So it's a great screamometer for Nick Pavetta, and I don't know if that scream was like a, I think I'm done scream, like I think I'm going to get <laughs> taken out of the game. Uh-huh. Because afterwards, he almost just had this completely... And he had a cool demeanor the whole game. Mm-hmm. But it was noticeable in the 8th and the ninth inning where he's like, okay, I think... He's kind of looking over his shoulder. He's like, I think Alex is leaving me in. Well, I think I can actually stay in. Well, yeah, he's approaching a perfect game, Steve. I know. Yeah. <laughs> of course <laughs> like, he's going to stay in, he's going to stay in. Yeah, so I think it was after the 8th yeah. that... Everybody, I don't know, I, I was in the press room watching the broadcast. I don't know, you were out amongst the I was with Red, I was with Red Sox LA watching this game. That's Huge true. shout out to Red Sox LA. Does the coolest uh, graphics of all time. But it seemed like everybody believed, like, man, huge eight inning outing from mm. Nick. That's yeah. great. He just hit 100 pitches. Yeah. That's awesome. But on the broadcast, he went down the dugout steps, yeah. right down the tunnel, didn't say hi to, didn't touch anybody, didn't say hi to anybody, nothing. Yeah. Cora let him walk right by. And it was like, is he is he in pain? Is he going to go to I know. get get some ice? Like, is he getting looked at? Like, did he go too far? The last thing I expected when the ninth inning started was to see Nick back on the mound. The only reason 
I thought he was coming back out was similar to what you just said. I was keeping a close eye on him. He gets the strikeout to end the eighth inning, mm-hmm. and I'm just seeing. And there wasn't any yell or anything. I was trying to record the yell because I missed it in the seventh. <laughs> I'm like, look, I got you know yell, yell. I get yell redemption here. Let me see if I can get this. And sure enough, he doesn't. And he's very chill, very calm, going to the dugout. I'm like, wait, the guys aren't at the, the top of the steps here. What's mm-hmm. what's going on? I was like, something something's up. What what's what's mm-hmm. happening here? Like you mentioned, he goes right into the clubhouse, and I'm like. This guy's coming out for nine. It's that just, was your first thought? Oh, 100%. Because it wasn't, he didn't mm-hmm. have any. I mean, that was the best Red Sox start of the year. Mm-hmm. And I assumed it was over. But if he's not getting dapped up, he's got to be staying in. There's no other explanation for why he wouldn't be going down the dugout and, and fist bumping. Mm-hmm. And after the game, I thought this was very funny. Alex Cora said he stayed away from Pavetta in the dugout before the ninth inning because he was f- afraid he was going to kill him if he didn't <laughs> leave him in. So Cora thought he was going to die uh, if Pavetta didn't get the ball for the ninth inning. So... I, I personally love that. Yeah, I think yeah. that's hilarious. And Cora has just the best feel of of his starters, his relievers, his whole team. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, when I didn't see them dap up mm-hmm. in the dugout or fist bump or anything, I'm like, this guy's coming out for nine, and I think he's going to mm-hmm. close it out. He was at 101 pitches yeah. through eight. I was I was a little worried that. Uh, it wasn't going to happen. Did you get that feeling of like he's coming out for the complete game? Yeah. He's going to go eight in the third. Well, he had to fit. It was nine one two in the lineup, mm-hmm. so he had to face Altuve again. And I'm thinking, ah, if you know, if it's a solo, but he gets another solo shot, mm-hmm. maybe. But no one was warming up. That's the luxury. Well, Strom of, was up and down. Strom uh, yeah, a little bit, a little up and down. Mm-hmm. But it, that's the luxury of having a five to one lead, which. Mm-hmm. Five to one lead is like sneaky, not a big lead. Like it feels way bigger than it is. Like you get a couple guys on knocking a run, now you got second and third, and it's like tying runs at the plate. Like it, it yeah. can happen very fast. So to your point, I was a little bit worried he would have some quick ducks on the pond and then not look at the dugout, but then Cora's like kinda gotta take the ball from him. Yeah. I think of all guys to take the ball from, Nick Pavetta might be one of the scariest, honestly. I, I think yeah, I mean the list is short. It's I mean it's him and Sale kind of alone at the top that you I can't even think of who else who else well, is Rich scary... Rich Hill was barking at Cora. Yeah. He's not scary. He's a nice man. Yeah, he's, he's a, a nice he's a dad man. He's who, a dad. Like, he's yeah. gonna yell at you to clean your room, but I mean he's not gonna, you know. Yeah. If anything, he'll yell in his glove at himself for giving up a bomb or two. Yeah. But I mean, overall, dude, Red Sox starters have been awesome. They've been allowed great. two runs or fewer in 18 of their last 25 Ooh. games. That's 72% of the last 25 games Red Sox starters have been dealing. And Nick Pavetta was incredible tonight. This was an all-time night at Fenway for Nick Pavetta. His second career complete game, 112 pitches. His career high was 116. Uh, it just overall, he was he was dealing, man. And when Pavetta hits that rhythm... When he gets in a flow like he was tonight, there's not a lot of better options on this team. Like yeah, there really isn't. Rolling. Like I, you know, Whitlock. Obviously, we've we've talked to you know every single storyline about Whitlock. Mm. He should do this. He should do that. And obviously, he's filthy, but not a guy that you expect to go even maybe six or seven innings. You know, mm-hmm. forget nine. So it was just nice, Joey, for us to be at the old ball yard for something that doesn't normally happen. It's been four years since the Sox pitcher has done that here. Yeah, I, I to go back to something you said a little bit ago about that Altuve leadoff homer, it's crazy how goldfish brained sports fans can be. Yeah, you know yeah. how how quick things just in and out, in and out. Uh, and I think an early one run lead 
is the biggest uh, example of that. Yeah. It's crazy how much security or how much dread a one-run lead <laughs> in the first inning can give. Like, I mean, it, two amazing examples of it in this series. I know. Games I know. two and three that, you know, that that – Early lead for the Sox is like, let's go. We're going to have this kind of a night. Yeah, Let, yeah. Let's rack it up, boys. And uh, the opposite can be said today. I mean, if you ask me after that first inning, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, Pavetta is coming out in the second inning. So, like, <laughs> yeah. the, the fact that he's able to find it. He did in his last start, too, man. He was he was leaving, uh, like, some pitches up high. Remember, he was touching, like, 92 with his fastball. And yeah. was like, oh, what is what is going on here? Like, figure it out. And then he does. Yeah. You know, he can figure it out mid-start, man. He's he's great. I, I love to see Nicky get rolling. I mean, and three straight starts with one or zero earned runs allowed over six-plus innings. That is crazy. very impressive. It's the yeah. first time in his career he's ever done that. So quite a night at the uh, at the ball yard tonight. And it's you, you kind of, weirdly enough, some of the best starts you don't really notice until like the seventh or eighth inning where you're like, wait a second. Yeah. He's dealing. Like it's because it's just quite like, especially if yeah. you're, you know, talking with somebody, socializing at the park, catching up with a bud and hanging out with Red Sox LA. Hanging out with Red Sox LA. You don't really fully notice it until it hits you in the face with like the yell after the seventh, and then he's not getting the high fives, and he gets through the eighth, and I'm like, he's gonna throw a complete game. Like this yeah. is absolutely insane. I've only seen, I've seen three complete games at Fenway. It was tonight with Pavetta. It was David Price, I think, five years ago, and uh, Pedro Martinez in 1998. It's it's been. I mean, the three greatest Red Sox pitchers in of, memory of all time. No, all I, time, I think they're. You know, obviously one of them is going to get a statue. You would think. I think all of them are obviously going to get statues. It's <laughs> the, the, it's the three P's. You know, right, Pedro right, right. Pavetta Price. <laughs> Everyone triple P the triple P. Yeah, they're going so like <laughs> the, the three of them all like arms around each other. Yeah, all well, putting a hat it's, on. It's kind of like how they have DiMaggio and Williams. It's like it's the and then you got the three P's. It's right. you know Pedro Pavetta Price. P's. I, mean, I shouldn't have to them? tell you. You know, everyone knows what the three P's are. So yeah, um, yeah I just you know. It's funny because Pavetta tossed a complete game mm -hmm. and still had the attitude of, yeah, this is what I do. Like, he, he didn't really show any emotion after ending the game. No, and, and not in his press conference either. I mean, that's just kind of how he does it. That's he, what he does. He, yeah, he's yeah. a man about his business, to go back to John Valentin. I would fully he's agree. A man who's about his business gets the job done and says, yeah, I'm going to go out there and do it again. So, great night. Great night at the great ball yard night. for Nick Pavetta. He's got a 2.03 ERA over his last five starts. Uh, I We couldn't do any kind of recap of this game without talking about really quickly how much I'm always going to hate that Luis Garcia windup. It is the most annoying thing I think you can possibly see amongst an opposing player that has the ball in their hands as much as he, <laughs> as he does talking like it's basketball, but it's the best thing about tonight, Joey outside of Pavetta was that the Sox had a bunch of ducks on the pond, mm -hmm. so he had to be out of the stretch. He couldn't be doing the dancing with the stars on the mound mm -hmm. because he gave up a bunch of hits and he stunk tonight, which was awesome. That was uh, that combined with Nick Pavetta throwing a complete game made this an extremely fun night at the old ball yard. The yeah. weather was really nice, too. It was a beautiful night. Beautiful night. One thing about Luis Garcia, man. Well, a couple things. I think we're going to be on this for, oh, geez, 45, 55, 85 minutes. Uh <laughs> 
I, I was watching him do his little hoop de doo which Will Fleming, who sits in this seat right here, yeah. nailed. It's the first three steps of the foxtrot. He's doing the foxtrot, which, yeah. is, which is, is, is silly. But I was thinking, like, when he's pitching out of the stretch, he doesn't do that, right? He, he can't. You can't. Right? It would be a bot. Yeah. <laughs> would, yeah. He doesn't do that. So he knows that he's like capable of pitching without doing that thing. I always think yeah. this about guys who have silly windups. Like you have instances, presumably every outing, where you don't do that and you still pitch the ball. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you know you can do it. Just maybe, I don't know, don't do it. Don't do it. Or you look silly. I I hear what you're saying, Joey, but it's gotta be an annoying to the hitter thing that he loves doing. It, it's gotta be that. I'm getting them off their rhythm, even like mentally. By the fifth or sixth inning, a lot of the times for Garcia, players just haven't figured him out yet because they they don't see that. So you're you're all creatures of habit, and you look out there, and this guy's doing the tango, and it's like, mm. when is he throwing it? Like I, I, I don't, don't know, know when he's throwing the ball. It's the exact same rhythm though. Is the thing? It's the exact same rhythm. He goes boop, yeah, b d d, and that's what and he says he, when he's throwing. I can it. you can hear it on the broadcast. I know. Turn, turn the volume up to ninety nine. Remember last year you could hear the Robbie Ray grunt and then you yeah. could hear the what was it again? Bop, beat a deep gah. Yeah, yeah, and, yep, yep. But the thing like it's not like Nestor Cortez who does like something different, you know, every time he releases the ball. Yeah. It, there is a rhythm to it. I don't get it, man. It's so stupid. And you must feel dumb when you do that and then you get absolutely crushed. <laughs> you get right? Yeah. And it's like you're still doing it. Like if you let up like back to back bombs, the third guy comes up and you're like uh. beep, bop, beady deep. God. Like, yeah. You have to feel like a real doofus in that moment. Will Fleming, yeah. again, who sat in this chair, sits right here, does yeah. this little thing on WEI, ever heard of it? He openly insinuated Luis Garcia was uh, maybe using some hair gel. If he was using fingers. some stuff on the fingies, it clearly wasn't working. Luis Garcia, four innings pitched, five hits, five runs, four Ks, one blast by Xander Bogats. Uh, he, he didn't have his stuff tonight and, you know, constantly had guys on the bases and the Red Sox got their runs early. That's one thing with the way Pavetta was dealing. Uh, the Sox didn't even score in the last uh, four innings that they were up, but it didn't matter. You know, they had a couple of chances. I think bases loaded JD grounds in the double play. But still, you're thinking they'll be fine. And they were. Yeah. It's it's nice in our position, Joey, mm -hmm. when for us, I feel like there really was a lot on the line for this game mm -hmm. because we have had nine straight recording days for series recap episodes where the Red Sox lost. Yeah. And that that was so... This is refreshing. It feels nice, huh? It feels nice, and it's not like it was against a scrub team. This was against a team that, like I mentioned, had won 12 out of 13 and had really uh, done some damage over the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. we got to talk about Evaldi. Um, yes, one, one more thing on today's game, just yeah. to... Just to Put the little kibosh on it. Yeah. Um, JD's hitting streak does come to an end. Yeah, very sad. RIP. Kind of weird that it was but tonight that it comes to an end. I know. Very strange. And odd that on the night that his hitting streak comes to an end, still gets an RBI. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is interesting little little thing there. But RIP that streak and long live Devers, who's is now at, what, 12 games, 13 games, something like that. So uh, just want to mention that before we talk about uh, a... A real, what do you want to call it, Steve? What, what, is, what was the phrase you? What what phrase did I use? You used a phrase uh, for the Evaldi outing. It was funky. It wasn't even funky. funky. It was just bizarro world. Like, bizarro have world. we? I can't remember a sock starter like Evaldi, like the guy you look at as your ace, mm -hmm. having a moment like that. Like that was. 
It was just nuts. And, and we're not, well, we won't break it down that much because that's why the high low ERA exists for starts like right, that. Right, 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 right. And Joey, I did calculate. why it's the most trusted stat. Exactly. Out there. I did calculate Nathan of all these high low. Uh-huh. And it's, he has a 382 high low ERA. Mm-hmm. Now, for anybody that's, that's new to the high low, I'll break it down for you, and it's very easy to understand. It's a very real stat that everyone uses. Yep, and yep. it's it's something that's in Baseball Reference and all that uh, stuff. So here's the deal with the high-low. It's And stick with me, Joey. Okay, yeah, I'll do my best. It's very complicated. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you take a starter's highest earned run total from a start, mm-hmm. and you just wipe that start out. That's mm-hmm. the high. The low... Joey, is the lowest earned runs the starter has for a start. You'll wipe that one out. Mm-hmm. So you wipe out their best and worst starts, and then what's their ERA? For Nate Evaldi, it's 382, which is very respectable. So respectable. he understands we're getting close to June here. He hadn't had a brutal start yet, and he's like, you know what? We got to do it. We got to give up five home runs in an inning. Man. I just can't believe what that I was he seeing. in? I, well, first off, no, I can just because it's, you know, the second inning and you don't want to completely ruin your bullpen for, um, uh, you know, you don't have off days here coming up. You know, you got a four gamer right. with the Mariners, yet you still had the series finale on Wednesday. So you don't want to screw that up. But I just there's certain events that happen during a game. Mm-hmm. And as a fan, you're just kind of like. I give up. Like I, whatever. Like it. It's so funny how much the game matters when it starts, mm-hmm. and then something like that happens, and you're like, "All right, well, this oh, is obviously over." over. <laughs> it yeah. Like it's not. You just you, it, you lose that care for like. All right, if they do this in the fourth, and then maybe that in the sixth, it's like, no, nah, it was over. And yeah. they did make it a six-run game, and then Tucker hits the grand <laughs> slam, and then it was like, okay, all right. They did but, make it a six-run game, so they really. I know, they really but six-run game in like whatever the third or fourth inning is for the Sox. Sure. That's still doable, sure. but I, you know, the grand slam was, and it's funny that the Tucker grand slam happened literally. Two minutes before the tip of Celtics Heat, so it was <laughs> yeah. it was his way of saying, "God, just go watch the basketball game. Like, don't <laughs> this one's over. You don't yeah. have to worry about it. It's not gonna be some big comeback. So, mm-hmm. just a, an epically bad start for Nathan Avaldi, and you'd rather have it happen now. His five second inning homers traveled a combined nineteen hundred and seventy feet, um, which is just absolutely insane. Obviously, he found too much of the strike zone. The balls were right in the middle of the box, so. Mm-hmm. Um, just crazy, man. I, I can't remember. Like, when have you been that surprised by a Red Sox outing? It's been a long time. Gosh, I, I couldn't even tell you. I I will say I understand what you're saying about not wanting to use the bullpen, blah, 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 blah. But that's what you said, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's what I heard anyway. Yeah. Uh, after home run number four, I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah come on well we, it's, it's done right I, I was amazed that he stayed out there and then when he gave up another one i was like alex i know what are we doing buddy i mean uh, i don't know i mean how do you feel if you're nate in that situation are you like are you stoked that alex had faith in you like hey you know stick it out like you'll get through it yeah. or are you like hey what the hell man i obviously didn't have it get me out of there it's, how are you feeling if you're, you're nate of aldi I, if I'm Nate Valdi, I'm like at least let me get out of two. <laughs> let me yeah. get out of two innings. Like you, you want to, and his ERA. I mean, what does his ERA end up right now? Nathan Valdi has an ERA of four three two, which actually is kind of nuts. I thought it would be worse than that. Well, three of the runs were unearned, so obviously that helps. But mm. um, yeah, he doesn't even get through two. One and two thirds, and and Apple Danish comes in. But mm-hmm. I, I honestly, it's funny because we uh, a very important thing at the apartment with mm. uh me and elaine is is chicken parm night 
it, oh, one night nice. a week that's we nice. have chick parm, mm-hmm. and Elaine makes a mean chick parm, mm-hmm. and so. We were going to get the ingredients before the game, but it just kind of bled into the game. And I'm like, all right, of all these struggling, but let's let's go down. So I'm, you know, getting ready, getting changed. And, you know, so you walk out of the room, walk back into the living room, and it's like, oh, okay, this is a replay of, of the, oh, this is a new home run. Wait, oh, okay, that's the third home run. Oh, geez, what is going, three home runs in an inning? I don't really think much of it. And then I'm like, you know, heading down to the uh, the old grocery store, and I'm just, you know, checking game day on the MLB app. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's no way that's another home run, right? This is, you didn't give it. You didn't go four. I'm like, no, this is it's glitching out. The, the you know connection's bad down here. Bad Wi-Fi. And the so, bad Wi-Fi is sending false notifications <laughs> from the MLB app. Everyone knows when you have bad Wi-Fi, it'll send you an alert that says it'll be like, like you're Don Alvarez. <laughs> it's a two-run home run. <laughs> it's like, man, my Wi-Fi must suck. Oh my god, my Wi-Fi stinks. It said Tucker hit a homer. There's no way he did that. <laughs> so we get yeah, get back to the apartment, and it's like. He gave up one? He gave up five homers in the inning? Now, I love one of my favorite things in life are baseball things that just don't happen often. Baseball mm-hmm. happenings that you just never see. Mm-hmm. I never want to see that again. That was brutal. Nathan Avaldi would be the first to tell you that. And my goodness, I don't have much more to add. Outside of this, Joe. It's only happened three times ever, by the way, that five homers a pitcher has given up five homers in an inning. Weirdly enough, three times ever in the history of baseball, they've all been within the last five years. I find that strange. That's very odd. That's very odd, especially when you think about um, pitchers back in the day just staying in doing complete games. You know, yeah. You had especially in like the you know first thirty years of yeah, recorded it's, it's, history. The earlier days, guys stayed longer. It's not like they got pulled quicker. So I, I yeah. actually thought that stat made no sense to me. It was almost like you were looking at a like in the Statcast era type of stat right where it was like the longest homers in the last six seven years but mm-hmm. uh red sox pitchers to allow five homers in a game at fenway mm. there are only four of them in the history of the universe <laughs> it's nathan Avaldi now clay buckles did it twice yeah was which gonna... is which is tough he did it in 2012 and then he did it in 09 2012 whatever you did that year doesn't matter doesn't like count, if, if yeah. you could have given up eight homers in an inning no one would have cared especially if it was later in the season but buckles does it twice josh beckett in 2009 uh against the yankees the yankees are on here a couple of times unfortunately and then tim wakefield uh, did it in 1996. Oh, so, baby. Be like 96, but don't be like that 96. But, um, we're drawing more comparisons to 96. I like that. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. The best part about the Tim Wakefield five homers allowed in a game at Fenway in 1996 is the Red Sox won the game. No. They won 9 to 8. He got a no decision. How crazy wow. is that? That's absolutely wild. That's nuts. The other four are obviously losses, but. Mm-hmm. Tim Wakefield in 96, in September, when they were winning a ton of ball games against mm-hmm. the White Sox, gives up five home runs, and he gets a no decision. That was uh, absolutely incredible. But, yeah, Nathan Evaldi, obviously that's not the start he wants to have, uh, and the Red Sox fall in game two, but they still win the series. And, and they still put up four runs in game two. Which, I know. Which says something that, like, I mean, if you're just isolating the offense in this series. They didn't get shut out. Yeah, no. I mean, you're talking an average of five runs a game. It's not bad. This series. It's not bad. I mean, again, they they cut it to what thirteen to four. Um, no, is is that right? No, it wasn't. No, okay, nine to three. That's right. Okay, the six run difference was nine to three. So yeah. nine to three in the third inning is a game. Yeah. Like it's not. I. That's not. I mean, the grand slam happens and it's absolutely over. But mm-hmm. they still at least early kept it close enough, and then naturally. 
the Astros were like, no, this game's completely over. And very similar to other Red Sox games in the last few weeks when a Bruins or Celtics playoff game is going on, Mm -hmm. no teams score. So, like, for the last five innings of that 13-4 game, there was a grand total of one run. They were like, there's crazy. there's a, there's a an Eastern Conference Finals game going on. we got to have 17 runs in this game, and they all happen. Yeah. yeah it was just absolutely insane. Yeah. So, uh, game one, though, Red Sox win that one. Trevor Story, I, I called the bomb, Joey. I'm, I'm feeling you good about it. the predictions, man. Yeah, you, Dave, listen. I need to, we, you and I need to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, All right. This is what we, we talk on here. Oh, okay. Now's a good time to talk? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Don't let it get to you. No, I'm not. Don't. I'm not. I'm just saying. Do I tweet about it immediately when it happens? Yes. Yes. But I'm not letting it get to my head. I'm not saying don't be happy for yourself. Be Mm. happy for yourself. Pat Mm. yourself on the back. Shoot. Take yourself out to dinner. You deserve it. (laughs) Get yourself a nice dinner. Just get yourself something nice. Don't spend it all in one place. What am I saying again? You called a home run. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is don't get willy-nilly with these predictions now. Don't be start thinking you're God and start saying... Oh, Kike's going to start hitting 400, and Bobby's going to hit three bombs next series. Don't get crazy and think he got some power here. Let me read a note I wrote down. Okay. For this. uh, I am God. I control. (laughs) Yeah. I run this. No. I wrote this down uh, after Trevor's story hit an absolute bomb. I said, I'll just read it word for word. Two correct on predictions that the slump is coming. That that's what I said, and then just okay. trying to enjoy this moment. <laughs> so okay. that was the that was the the I was about to say that was the tweet. That wasn't the tweet. That was the note. It's I understand you don't normally have streaks of predictions that are right like this. A lot of times, Joey, and I don't know if this is just the baseball senses. I call it the tingles. You just kind of feel like something's gonna happen, and got here pretty early for game one on Monday, and story was hitting bombs in BP now. Mm-hmm. Everyone and their mother was in the comments like, oh, well, it's batting practice, and obviously that doesn't translate. That's like spring training. Like That's what they sounded like. That's everybody and their mother. And their mothers. Like that. And that is the kind of stuff in the replies mm. that makes you a loser because then Trevor Story hits a bomb and you look like a loser. So I felt it. We moved down after the rain delay, mm-hmm. got a great shot of the home run, and then Xander goes deep and off the Red Sox go. Even though Robles comes in in the ninth, and it's like, dude, don't you dare. No. <laughs> no. He is yeah. obsessed with letting the leadoff guy get on. I mean, you got to talk about Barnsley a little bit here, too. Yeah, because I know. That, that happened as well. Well, that he, he kind of got screwed there. That, that was, you know, it hits one down the line when you have a shift. So Verdugo has to fly all the way over. It barely lands in. He slides into the wall. And then Altuve hit a dink city little roller up the middle. But the infield was pulled in, so was it a dink city? It was though? a dink city it was roller, right up the middle. but it wasn't hit hard. That ball yeah. doesn't get through if the infield's not pulled in. So I'm not a Matt Barnes excuse maker. If anything, you know, normally get on backpacks case, and he, you know, we're we're by the dugout watching that after mm-hmm. the rain delay, and he just walked off the mound laughing, you know. And it's not, I don't blame him. It was that look at he, you know, tilt, put the hat up and just was like, like what did, what do what I do I gotta do? do? Yeah. Like this is brutal. So. Matty Backpacks, that's obviously a uh, continuous work in progress here. But Red Sox get that Game 1 win, which was huge. A lot of times when they've been losing these series, they will drop Game 1 or Game 2, which is kind of how it works. You lose multiple games, Mm -hmm. and that's how you lose a series. But it was just good vibes 
to start off mm. a series against a team that matters. The Astros are very good. Yeah. This wasn't, you know, some scrub franchise here. Division leaders. Division leaders, ALCS rematch, obviously not the exact same teams going up against each other, but it mattered to win that game to start and then obviously getting the complete game from Nick Pavetta. Mm-hmm. The post-rain delay crowds are something else, Joey. Oh, Chewy. man. I, <laughs> I think that was... I don't know if it was my first rain delay ever that I've been at Fenway for, but if it wasn't my first, it was my second. Yeah. Like, I, I have no memory of it, and I know that I would remember it because uh, what an interesting group that decides to stick around and drink. Oh, my god. Because gosh. They, uh, they do not close the... The taps down. Well, it was the sixth inning. Right. They don't, they don't shut it down until after so seven. So they posited six, and they're like, technically, we're still open. I I think I told you that they, they eventually did shut them all down. They yeah. Like, right before the game started back up, they're like, no. We're I, just, I bet it's post-seven innings stop. or post a certain time at night. Because mm-hmm. I think the game started up again at 1045, mm-hmm. which is, you know, <laughs> basically every game's over by then. Yeah, or so most. It's got to be like 1030 or something. Yeah, it's probably like, hey, something like on, that. They're like, come, come on now. We got people rolling around over <laughs> yeah. here. Let's figure this out. But I just think it's I go back and forth in the post rain delay crowds. I've only been here for a couple of them when it's like a long hour and a half plus rain delay. I just don't have a lot of time for the fans that like that want to host a section with the things they're yelling out. And they're just so not funny. Like, they're, they're trying, hey, Altuve, you're short. <laughs> Dude, you suck. He, this guy kept yelling out, Altuve, you're short. That's not, that's negative laughs. Like, have some, yeah. if you're going to be yelling, if, if you're going to have something that's likely going to get on the broadcast, because there's only a handful of people that are still here after a long rain delay on a school night, mm-hmm. be an ounce of funny. Don't suck. Okay, perfect segue. Mm. I met your father last week. <laughs> wow, the hell is and that a perfect You're segue? about to see why. You're oh about to see why. God. I met your father last week. Yes. Lovely fella. If you're, Shout out, Alan. You're listening, Mr. Peralt. It was a pleasure. My dad's the best. Uh, first thing he said to me, by the way, mm. is just a little side note. Uh, he shook my hand. He said, "Hey, nice to meet you. You have a larger vocabulary than Stephen." <laughs> I know that was that kind of felt. It was a jab, man. I was like, "Where did this I come was like, from?" He's right here. He yeah, I know. You. I'm literally sitting uh, next to you. But I'm gonna steal a phrase from your father. Mm. Steven's weird rules. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a Steven's weird rule. No. Well, what do you think you're oh, saying? No. After a rain delay, don't yell. What exactly? No, I'm saying after a rain delay, if you're going to be the guy that's yelling out stuff because you can be heard more, have something of value to say. That's not. No. I. So my dad calls it Steven's stupid rules. Steven's stupid rules. Yeah. Oh, okay. And All it's right, basically when I'm like, oh, no, well. I'm not going to call you Steven. We're going to go with Steve. No, Steven. no, I know. That's, it's only really my parents. But like. He'll basically, and he, he, when he mentions it, he has a good point. Mm-hmm. It's, oh no, we can't do this thing because of that. I'm trying to think of a good example of what Stephen's stupid rules would be. Like, oh, I can't wear a shirt, a certain pair of shoes to like a certain place. I'm like, no, those aren't like, I need to wear comfy shoes there. I can't wear those there. Like, I, I know I'm not going to wear my custom shoes there. So he'd be like, well, that's, what are you talking about? That's, that would fall into Stephen's stupid rules. Uh, eating a certain thing at a certain time. Mm-hmm. I have rules about breakfast and lunch. <laughs> And like after 11 a.m., I think it's totally fine to eat lunch. He would say that's a Stephen Stupid rule. But you're, so you dictating like a, a, a when to yell things isn't a stupid rule. No, I, I no, rule. I think it's I think it's a lot a stupid of rule. Joey. I think a lot of people would agree that if you're uh, gonna try to be like, oh, there's the, annoying people at the ball yard. Yeah, I'm Don't just, get me I'm wrong. just saying if you're gonna try to be like the host, the crowd thing, and and mm. be the entertainment, you know, in between pitches, no. have something to say. I liked the guy. There was a guy. I know the fellas that you're talking about. Yeah. And there was a guy sitting a row in front of them. Who turned around and just with this, like the perfect, most 
straight out of 1985 Boston accent, mm. turned around and was like, is that all we're going to talk about? 30 minutes, guys. 30 minutes we're talking about how tall he is. <laughs> you got anything <laughs> else? He's a short guy. Next thing. Someone He's said not that? even batting I, I, anymore. I, I must have missed that. Yeah, he, he, he like jumped right on. He's, I like, respect He's not even that. batting anymore. I respect that. Can we that. stop? And then, uh, you know, they... They became buddies. It was nice. I got to watch him become friends okay. with them, and they started, you know, John at the next guy who was uh, okay. at the plate. It was a nice little moment, but uh, I, get, I get what you're saying. No, of course. I'm, again, people, and these guys stuff. hear it. You know, JD did the the walk-off interview with Jemai, and, and he's like, yeah, JD, it's funny. I, I could tell what he's trying to say a lot of times, but he'll, like, not say in the exact... JD's smart, because he knows... Well, he obviously knows hitting, and he knows, like, I got to word things the right way, because he knows he can become a quote. Very quickly. If JD said it, it's like, oh, what did JD say? So he basically worded it. He alluded to hearing the fans. And, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, after rain delays, it's, um, he kind of paused. He's like, you know, it's, it's, I'd say it's a rowdier uh, crowd. I'd say it's a little rowdier. Like he was, yeah, I think he wanted to say, like, some of the stuff they say mm-hmm. is absolutely preposterous. But one thing I really liked was Xander in the postgame um, because the re sign. Yeah, the fans are chanting re sign Xander and he hits a bomb. And it's funny to me that I forget that these guys can hear this stuff. Like, for, forget about a post-rain delay crowd. You, you hear what the fans are saying. Like, weirdly enough, it's going to sound stupid, but um, in your head, a lot of times you think there's this, like, invisible barrier between the seats and the plate. Right. And it's just, like, this sea of noise that's hitting them. Of this. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, you're a human. He's a human. And you're like 20 feet apart. Right. If I, you're yelling something, he's going to hear it. I think that all the time, every time I see one of those videos where a guy in the on-deck circle gives in and turns to the mm. crowd, you know, because those come out every now and again where... You know, couple, a handful of those a year. It's normally like Votto. Yeah. 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 You suck. Your contract. You just waste money. He's like, money. look at my bank account. It's yeah, normally always and, that. Yeah. They turn around and yeah, I'll pay for your college tuition if I don't get a hit today. Yeah. yeah that's the, what they always say. I think say. about it every time I see one of those. Um... But yeah, the, I, I I don't know the the resign Xander one still shocked me again. I don't think because the crowd was so small that like there was I don't know I don't want to guesstimate five thousand people left in the ballpark. Yeah, I think five to ten's fair. Yeah, uh, so closer something to five. about the size being smaller. I thought oh it's going to be <laughs> the chants are quieter, so there, there's no way it's going to reach the field. But what what Xander said afterwards was very. It was, it was pretty funny. It was like, it, it, you know, I heard it, and if I strike out there, that doesn't really look great for me. Yeah. So I do like that, you know, Xander's a guy that I think is just so aware at all times. He's extremely mm-hmm. aware of what's going on with his team. Mm-hmm. He understands how to handle the media. He understands how the fan base feels about stuff. And it's just kind of, it was a cool thing to hear that he heard the re-signed Xander chants, and then he hit a bomb. Joey, that cool. feels like good vibes, Joey. And then, I mean, he said... The next day, too, talked about. It. He's like, "Hey, I'm I'm open to talks midseason. I'm telling crazy, you, but uh, I know Scott Boris is like, hey, we're not doing that.' But Xander's the boss in that situation. No, so if know. he says we're going to talk, they can talk. So uh, that was pretty uplifting to hear back in the days. Not to get too high. On I'm the telling you, before the game, I'm talking to Catillo in the in the dugout, a little bench at the top of the dugout. I get a tap on the back, and I'm like, this is probably maybe Cora. Who knows? Arroyo, Xander Bogarts. I was like, whoa. And he's hey, what's up, bro? He gives you the fist bump, fist bump him, and I'm like, oh, so he's staying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a done deal. So I, Xander initiated a fist bump, so obviously he's staying. Dude. It would have been so funny if the first conversation you ever had with Xander Bogarts was him being like, hey, Steve, hi, Xander. I just want to let you know, I'd stay for anything. 
if they offer me thirty dollars, I'll take it. I know. And, and then tell you like, hey, run with that story. Nobody's gonna believe you. I'm telling you. Up until now, it's been just head nods. We have now graduated to a tap on the back and a fist bump with that's huge. With how you doing, bro? So. Mm-hmm. Xander's staying, and I, I think it's like <laughs> the most obvious thing ever. So heard it here first. But yeah, what a series, man! I'm just mm-hmm. I'm happy they won, um, and I'm just happy the way they won. That mm-hmm. like you get absolutely crushed on Tuesday. Evaldi has his worst start as a member of the team, and you come back. You're like, who gives a damn? We're gonna win the series against the defending AL champs on a recording day. On a recording day, and move on to a four gamer at Fenway where the weather's gonna be. Nice. Damn right. And a four-gamer at Fenway where you don't have to be on high alert every time Jordan Alvarez is at the plate because Jordan Alvarez is going to kill somebody with a I know. Ball without the day. Nets, he so. would be a, a confirmed murderer, yeah. uh, and it wouldn't really be his fault. You know, it's just that he's strong. <laughs> One real quick thing. You play. mentioned this, Joey, and i got to say it on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were asking me um, what... What is Franchi's full name? Like, does Franchi <laughs> does Franchi have a full Which name? Which I will ha- have the listeners back me up is not a dumb question because you were like, obviously that's his full name. Does Franchi sound like a nickname or a full name? It sounds like a nickname to me. I don't know if I said obviously it's his full, but I, I think to me it was more. I would have heard by now. Like people would have used it as like a nickname in a weird way, his full name. Like, a lot of times you use the full name as a semi-nickname. Right, like Christopher Allen sale. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, like... I did it today with Pavetta, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like I would have heard it by now, and that's why, you know, it was like, oh, it's got to be Franchi. But when you ever said, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's Franchero. <laughs> if his full name was Franchero Cordero, that would be the coolest name of all time, and I think that's what I'm calling him now. Franchero Cordero. I, I think so, too. I think we found it. <laughs> this is There's no no other name needed for Franchi. Someone, some of the DMs was like, oh, make it Franch Dressing, which I actually got a good laugh Ooh, okay, at. That's okay. not terrible. But Franchi from now on is Franchero Cordero. That, <laughs> that is incredible, and I absolutely love it. Joey, it is series MVP time. Who do you got? Oh, geez. I'm going first here, dude. I can go first. You go first. You go All first. Right. You go first. My series MVP is a man that had. <laughs> <laughs> you let me finish my sentence. Sorry, sorry. It's a guy. That's your first hint. <laughs> my series. My series MVP is a man that <laughs> plays on the team. No, it is. Uh, it's Nick Pavetta. My, my series Ooh. MVP is Nick Pavetta. Now, I very rarely will pick a starter as a series MVP because, uh, listen to the name, it's series MVP. And he played in only he one game. He played in game. one game. There's three games. I just think if you have a career night and you do what he did tonight, especially after giving up the solo bomb to Altuve to start it, Pavetta goes the full nine, only allows two hits, one hit after the Altuve bomb, one run, eight Ks, no walks, and he was just – he looked incredible. He was – Vintage Pavetta, perfect Pavetta. Curveball was buckling guys, making guys look silly. Great pace on the mound, great presence. The yell after the seventh, going to the clubhouse, not telling Cora, but implying to Cora, you ain't taking me out of this damn game. Nick Pavetta gets my series MVP. That's really tough to to top, man, I'll tell you that much. Because the only uh, one that really sticks out is Devers. Like He just kind of can pick Devers any series he's going to have. Multiple, multiple hit games. 
You know what I'm saying? There are multiple. Oh, I like multiple, it. Yeah, that games. wasn't like a double uh, that word. Wasn't a stutter. That yep. wasn't a stutter. All right. That wasn't a stutter. That For wasn't people, a stutter. <laughs> <laughs> we have one stutter now out of potentially two. Uh, but honorable mention here. Mm. Kike. Kike came alive a little bit. Kike had four bit. hits in this series, two ribs. Uh, starting to get going a little bit. Yeah. So want to say that. But, I mean, it's hard to pick anybody other than Pavetta just to, at the risk of hopping on you there. Uh, no, Kike's a good pick. It, Kike's not right. I don't know if I'm a full-on series MVP. Kike's a full-on series MVP. Yeah, Joey's got Kike. I got Nick Pavetta. That's fine. Nate, right, there you go. Right. That's the Just graphic, Screw the honorable Nate. mention. Yeah, give it to him. That is Why the not? graphic. Coming up next, we have our Mariners-Red Sox four-game series preview. That is next on Inside the Monster. We are back, and Joey, it is time for our pitching matchups for Mariners-Red Sox. What do you got? Okay, it is a four-game series against the Seattle Mariners. Game one is going to be George Kirby versus Rich Hill. Rich Hill is making his second start after his stint on the IL. In his last start, he went six innings and threw 94 pitches, the most of any start he has had this season. He has a 2.89 ERA and a 1.1 whip on the season and a 103 whip at Fenway. George Kirby is a six foot four rookie. He's only allowed one earned run in his first 10 innings on the mound. Came into the bigs as the number 11 prospect in baseball, originally drafted by the Mets in the 32nd round. Went to Elon University, eventually got redrafted by the Mariners. Uh, he throws his fastball 54% of the time, averages around 96 mile an hour. Uh, watch for his slider to get crushed. It's getting hit at a 444 clip. Ooh. And it's his secondary pitch. It's Ooh. not like it's hidden away. Ooh. So watch out for that. Game two is Robbie Ray versus... I hate Robbie Ray. TBD. Uh, we're going to have TBD going in this game. That has not been announced yet. So, Robbie Ray is coming off some rest after not traveling traveling with the Mariners to Toronto. The reigning Cy Young member has started the year with a 4.62 ERA in his first eight games. Robbie throws a fastball and a slider. His fastball velocity is big time down this year, averaging just 92 miles an hour. Mm, maybe some sticky things last His year. His spin rate is also down. Mm. Took a huge drop-off since the beginning of last year. Maybe he's Very got some sticky strange. stuff in those tight pants. Very weird. Just a reminder, Steve, this is the guy who claimed the Baltimore Orioles were cheating last year because he was tipping his slider. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, just a fun little reminder. Game three, Chris Flexen. I love that name. Versus Garrett Whitlock. Mm. Whitlock, according to Cora, is officially a member of the Red Sox rotation now, and I'd argue that's a pretty reliable source. Mm. Uh, Whitlock leads the team in, uh, well, a, a whole bunch of things, but he leads the team in strikeouts at Fenway with 17. And opponents are hitting just 149 off of him at home. Wow. Impressive. Chris Flexen has struggled to get any run support behind him this season. Over his last five starts, he has a 4.03 ERA and a 1-4 record. Oof. He's the only starter in Major League Baseball who is averaging less than one run per start or less. What, less than one run of support. Or, or less. less. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, throws a fastball about 40% of the time, and it gets hit more than any of his other pitches. Game four. Logan Gilbert versus Nathan Avaldi. Nathan Avaldi had uh, 
Tough stat. He started against the Astros in this series. Logan Gilbert is boasting a 2-4 ERA across eight starts. He's pitched 45 innings and has a 1.111 whip. He was named the AL Pitcher of the Month in April. He is very good. Mm. And Steve, that is your pitching preview. Steve. A very good pitching preview from one Joey Capone. It is time for your weather update heading into this four-gamer against the Seattle Mariners. Longest drought for the playoffs in all of sports right now. On Thursday, it's a 7-10 first pitch. It is going to be low 50s. Weather in the series overall is going to be good, not necessarily on Thursday. Small chance of rain. Winds, as you can anticipate, coming in from the west at 5 to 10 miles an hour. 86% humidity. On Friday, we have another 7-10 first pitch. It's going to be in the mid-60s around first pitch. Low chance of rain. Shouldn't rain. You should be fine mm-hmm. on Friday night. It Again, should be mm-hmm. on Friday night. Saturday, it is a 4-10 start. I will be at that one. Will you be at that one? We'll see. We shall see. 4-10 start on Saturday. It's going to be probably upper 80s, potentially hitting 90 on Saturday, uh, probably before first pitch. But again, around first pitch, probably upper 80s for Red Sox, Mariners, and a very low chance of rain. Not going to rain on Saturday. You should be good. But it's going to be hot. And on Sunday... Man, we got a real heat stretch coming in here. It's going to be in the 90s around first pitch on Sunday. You're looking at 92 degrees and a also low chance of rain. Generally sunny despite a few afternoon clouds. And that is your weather update for Red Sox. Mariners, we will quickly jump right into series predictions. I only got one. And I'm just, again, this is the the tingles. This is the, the old baseball feeling in the gut. Mm-hmm. And that is that Alex Verdugo is going to hit a blast, and he's going to have a look on his face of like, "Holy, I finally got one." Well, that's I'm what it, that's forward. what I think is going to happen in this four game. I'm looking forward to it actually factually happening. Yeah. Do you have a prediction? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I do. I'm, I'm between two of them. You know what? I'm going to say Rafael Devers' hit streak stays alive. I like that through through the four through the four games. That's yep. a very good one. Thank you. Nice. Thanks. I'm, I was happy about it. Uh, I also think as a little side, this isn't actually a prediction. I think Kike is gonna turn it on. Kike found it. Okay. Kike's found it. Kike is gonna turn it on. Coming up next, we have our closing thoughts and your slide in the DMs. That is coming up next on Inside the Monster. We are back, and Joey, it is time for the DMs. I'll always hate that. The first one comes in from Neil. (laughs) He goes, are we witnessing Nick Pavetta having a pretty Ricky 2016 season? Neil, here's the deal. Here's the deal, Neil. That felt good. Uh, Pretty Ricky had very few bad starts in 2016, so much so that I don't remember any of them. Basically, every time he went out there, he gave you seemingly two earned or less, and a bad start for him was three earned runs. So 
Nick Pavetta in his last handful of starts? Yes. But he did start the year with like a 15 ERA. So from here on out, hey, there's a chance. You never know. Now, as we all know, Rick Porcello won the Cy Young that year. I'm not quite saying that my boy Nick Pavetta is going to be in that range. But what he's done recently has been extremely promising. And what he did on Wednesday night was phenomenal. You want to really get Whitlock to the next level? Start making the Pavetta... Porcello comparisons. You know, maybe put 22 on Pavetta's back. Mm. Get Whitlock's ERA down to a flat zero. Yeah, a classic mid-season number change. uh. (laughs) It would literally be impossible. Uh, This comes in from Austin. Hey, man. What if Red Sox stats is like a Batman sort of thing where the mantle gets passed down from person to person? I imagine there's some intense training that goes on, but it would explain why Haim is now the holder of the stats account. Uh, Yeah, so Austin... I uh, Joey over here thinks he knows who Red Sox stats I do, is. No, I do. I and, do know who Red Sox stats is. But here's the deal, though. Whoever it is, I'll be able to tell immediately if it gets changed to somebody else. What you're not factoring in, Austin, is that Batmen are extremely different. They are not one Batman to the next. And if we're just talking movies, one to the next, they're extremely different. Yeah, they have the same suit on. But somebody else could take Red Sox stats handle, I would know so fast that it's not the same guy. No, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the personability and the personality behind the tweets is half of why he's stats. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. You can't just pass uh, that down. And I I told you I would never give you any kind of hints or anything like that towards it. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's a person. This comes in from T.A. Hey. Hey, guys, need to give a quick shout-out to the Sox for winning back-to-back series for the first time ever in 2020. <laughs> I read that so I, read, I laughed, so I messed it up. First time ever in 2022. Don't know if I should be happy or relieved or still slightly concerned, but I can't help but feel some type of way right now. Let's keep the vibes alive, boys. Hell yeah. Huge shout-out to Nikki Smooches for being just absolutely insane tonight. <laughs> And you heard it here first. Don't let Trevor's story get hot with an eyes emoji. Now for some questions. Who on this Red Sox team are you taking to the Grammys? (laughs) (laughs) Was I invited? I didn't get. I don't think I got an invite, TA. I I did not Damn. expect that question no. after that. It's like <laughs> yeah. this team's incredible. All right, but let's get to the obvious. Who are you bringing to the Grammys? To the Grammys with you, man. All right, the am Grammys. I, um, that's strange. Are we like on the red carpet, or am I just like in the crowd? Is there a crowd at the Grammys? Yeah, I mean, we are we seat fillers or are we celebrities? Like, right. I, I don't know. That's a complete difference. I, I think. T.A., are you going for, like, who's into music on the team? That's, yeah, because, I mean, there's one answer that I think stands What do you there. got? Bobby D. Bobby D., yeah. Grew up around music, plays the guitar, comes out to the Doors, <sighs> which is my favorite band. Yeah. So. I would, just to have a different answer, because that is, I think, the correct answer, I'd just bring Devers, because it would be funny. Like, <laughs> just to be at the Grammys with Devers. Like, if the camera panned over and it's just me and Devers sitting there at the Grammys. Like, that would be kind of funny. You chose to take a guy that you have a language barrier between. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I know a little Spanish. Hola, me amo Esteban. Uh, second question from TA. Yep. I hate to say it, but are the Red Sox back? The answer is yes. This yep. comes in from Tom. Hey, Tom. Potential dumb question. Yep. Tom, I've read this question, and it's not dumb. Better not be. Foul tip into the mitt with two strikes is an out. Yep. Foul tip into the mitt with less than two strikes is not an out. Mm-hmm. A caught foul ball with any amount of strikes is an out. So why is a foul tip into the mitt with less than two strikes not an out? Tom, 
I love this question. This is a weird baseball thing that I haven't really thought of before. Mm-hmm. And it should be an out based on what you just laid out. Right. It's like, what is the distinction between a foul tip and like a foul ball? Just yeah. A foul what, air? Up? Yeah. How much air? If there's, if I don't know if it's possible to have a tip that just kind of goes up I think uh, a couple inches, but you would need like, I feel like you'd need like a Rich Hill curveball that comes in yeah. at like 60 a miles an hour. Bolts. And then you have a little dinky, like awkward contact where it just goes up a little and falls into the glove. Yeah. It's like, is that a tip? Is that, that's interesting that I'd so, like to compare it to a DM that we got before. I don't have the, the DM or I'm so sorry. It's all good. Who asked uh, if a, a wild pitch counts against an ERA. That's another one I don't have the answer to. Yeah, no, there's there's some great DMs. Tom, what I will say is you are 100% correct. Yep. A foul tip with less than two strikes into the mitt should be an out. It's It hit the bat and oh, a guy... That's what, do you think that's what he's getting at? That's exactly what he's getting at. Like, I thought he's he said, like, why is a foul tip into the mitt with less than two strikes not an out? It's a fair question. It should be an out. Because huh. it's a foul ball that got caught. I guess. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean... You disagree? I, I'm more interested in what the distinction is between a tip and a it's air live foul ball it's it's air it's, it's air it's, it's how, air. how, how much, much air is how under much the air? ball yeah yeah we'll have to have an ump on here uh this comes in from patty hello is there a random former red sox player that you have a strong hatred for with no particular reason <laughs> mine would be manny del carmen if i met him i would challenge him to a gentleman's duel seven paces and draw that i mean that seems completely <laughs> If I met him, I'd shoot him. <laughs> yeah, I might shoot him. That's the most unnecessary <laughs> second line like to a that. DM. That's so funny. Manuel Carmen, uh, from all accounts, very nice guy. Um, <laughs> so don't kill him. No. I, uh, for no reason, normally if there was a Sox player in the past I didn't like, there was normally a reason. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Nothing. No one comes to mind, honestly. For no reason? Do you, is there one that sticks Yeah, out? I mean, I feel like I've felt that way a lot about guys. There's just some okay, guys... Okay, since we're I, trying to get alumni on this show, we'll just cut it right there. Yep, so, yep. <laughs> this we'll comes, right this comes in from another Tom. Uh, well, I'll say this. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll say this. Patty, I, the first time I see a guy's face, if I don't like a guy's face, I hate him. A lot of the times, if a player's too handsome, I don't like him. Okay, you don't like Bobby. This comes in from Tom. It's a different Tom. He goes, how hey, about Nick Pavetta? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Next one. Hell yeah, Tom. Uh, let's see what we got here. Last one here comes yep. in from Tibbs. Hello. What Celtics? This is a question for Steve. Too. This is for both of us. All right. All right. What Celtics player, past or present, would you most like to see compete in the home run derby? This is a question for Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's. I guess. All right. I guess that's for me. Which Celtics player, past or present? Would I most like to see compete in a home run derby? Um, let me think about this one. I want to give this one legitimate thought. KG would have one of those awkward swings where it's like, you don't play baseball at all. You're right. right. Um, I would like to Hmm. see compete in a home run derby. Let me think. Well, you going for a big man? What kind of body are you going for here? I think I'm going for a big guy that I think could actually maybe hit one out. Mm-hmm. And Shaq, my aunt Shaq is a former Celtic. Um, my answer here, this is not as easy as I wanted it to be. It's my d- answer is actually this is good. This answer I think stinks, but Perfect. this guy was good at a lot of things mm-hmm. and was the ultimate competitor, mm-hmm. and still talks bleep to this day. 
I would like to see Larry Bird in a home run derby. I think that would be kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, Larry Bird in his prime, why do I feel like he'd have quick hands and like good bat speed? And freak athlete, maybe get one out. So Larry Bird, I'll go with Larry Bird. And that, that all those things are the same reason that I'm picking Kelly Olenek. Oh, I don't like Just Kelly Olenek. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean not an athlete at all. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I honestly don't know any uh, anything about the Celtics. So that's that. That seems like a great answer to me, Steve. Someone who doesn't know anything. 100. percent And that is a segue into one of my closing thoughts, which is Alex Cora said he's taking inspiration from the Celtics in terms of having a longer view with the Red Sox, how a team can start in disappointing fashion and then take take shape and improve mid-year. I love that. Love that Cora's like, oh, yeah, season in the Eastern Conference Finals, dude. Like, they had a bad start and then see what happens. So I'm glad that he acknowledges it and maybe takes a little, uh, learns a little lesson from what the seas have done. Be like 96, baby. Yeah, be like 96 and be like the 22 seas. <laughs> um, lastly, so Steve Aoki throws a just truly terrible first pitch uh, during this mm-hmm. this Astros. I'm making it during it was like in the middle of the series uh, before I believe game one on on Monday. Yeah. And uh, there were multiple people in the replies when I tweeted the video out saying we got to stay more woke and that artists do this intentionally so that they'll get that free promotion via it going viral. And it was the first time that I really stepped back and thought, oh, wait, I think that's 100% true. Like, And I don't think it's a every case basis. Like, I, I think 50 Cent actually had a terrible first pitch. Mm-hmm. But Steve Aoki was doing weird stuff out there. He's doing funky stuff. He's doing his wind-up stuff. He's an interesting dude, as is. Saw some of the clips. Uh, you showed me a clip of him throwing cakes at people. And um, so he's, a, he's an interesting dude. And I would not be surprised in the least a guy like that that's promotes artists for a living and makes remixes of songs and it, you know he makes bangers you know mm. with with big names Kid Cudi uh, you go down the list just enormous names in the industry I wouldn't be stunned if a guy that understands how viral works throws a ball up into the net knowing that it was going to be literally everywhere so shout out to the well, people in the replies I think you're right well I I was with you. Steve. Yes, I was with you until I saw a little clip. I think I saw it today of Aoki talking to Matt Barnes. Barnes said, "Aim high, right?" Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? You're shrugging that off? No, that, I, that's I, what I, happened. He said, "Throw it hard, throw it high." No, I know, but that I mean, that was he almost hit us up in the EEI booth. <laughs> like, what are we? <laughs> he said, "He said, no, I mean, the last time I threw it, I didn't even make it to home." And he's like, "Well, throw it higher, throw it hard." Yeah, he's like, all right, high and hard, high and hard. <laughs> and then he kind of did the wind up. He was looking at Barnes like, "Hey, like." Here it comes. Oh, man. I think he was. I think he tried his ass off, man. I think that's a guy who can only throw cakes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you, sh- well. you showed me the cake throw, and it was extremely accurate. So maybe he's just only known for throwing things high. <laughs> like, that's just what he does. Yeah. Uh, you got a closing thought? I do. If you follow me on Twitter.com, you're well aware that I'm waiting on my bicycle. To be yeah. Um, I want to give you guys an update for the diehards. Um, there are people waiting for these updates. Yeah, they are. They yeah. are. Yeah. Um, it is the night of Wednesday, May 18th. I don't have a bicycle yet, Steve. Yeah. yeah not it has not yet. arrived. has not arrived. It's supposed to arrive yesterday. It has not arrived. Me and FedEx are not on the best of terms right now. They were telling me they were doing the thing where it's like, 
oh, it should arrive today before 3 p.m., mm. right? Yeah. And then that night at 9 p.m., I get an update that it's in Albany, New York. Oof. Why were you telling me it's going to come today, then? Oof, so I'm that. a little upset. And then when I tweeted at FedEx, FedEx Canada replied to me. So uh, we have a little bit of beef going on there for all you uh, bike heads out there wondering if I got my bike. <laughs> Still waiting on it. That's my closing thought. Steve Socks are back. Bike heads. <laughs> <laughs> tire, uh, tire. For all you tire freaks, tire out freaks there. out there. Uh, Red Sox are back. Everybody knows it. They've won two series in a row, and the one before that, they didn't even lose it. So they are obviously back. They're buzzing. We love it. Episode 16 is in the books. Coming up next is our segment after episode. No, next episode after the Mariner series on Sunday. Until then. For Joey Capone, I am Steve Peralt. Go Sox, kid. Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer. Mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast. Podcast.